Beyond the Lamplight both starts and ends this podcast. Yes, they do. Indeed. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Those Rules Don't Apply to Us podcast. My name is Mackenzie Mackinich, and this person across the table from me is... Andy Gates. Andy and, Gates. Uh, another episode? Can we just call it episode two? Sure. We will call this episode two of the Those Rules Don't Apply to Us podcast. Before we even get to talking about everything, though, uh, we should give a special shout-out and a thank you to Beyond the Lamplight for the introduction music. They will be introing and outroing us every single episode, and thanks a lot to those guys. Go look up that band, please. Uh, extra please, because technically I uh, roll with the band, tour manager, and I'm going to be on stage sing a couple of songs. So check us out on all your streaming services. Yes, thank you. Support local artists. Uh, so for this episode, we decided it's time to finally do what we do and start talking about concert reviews and get into it. And when we were going back and forth about what we should talk about, uh, pretty quickly we decided let's just go for a, a home run and talk about one of the biggest ones that we've ever done. And we decided to uh, give some discussion about Farm Aid 2019 at the Alpine Valley Music Center in Wisconsin. But our mutual friend, Anthony, gave us an offer we basically just couldn't refuse and because he had some tickets for this and we were going out there to hang and we have him to thank for this. And speaking of our friend, Anthony, we're going to talk uh, quite a bit more about him in a future episode because that guy, uh, boy, do we have a story to tell about him for a gigantic party that he held that had hosted Andy, if you want to mention some of the bands. Uh, run DMC and Public Enemy, and quite honestly, that's one of the craziest, I think, shows, unexpected shows that, you know, we didn't have to buy tickets to, we were invited to, and uh, yeah. Backstage hanging with those guys in a small bar, I mean, freaking Run DMC, Public Enemy, like Rackham, there was tons, so that's a whole story we're going to get to eventually, but we wanted to give a shout out to Anthony, our dear friend, uh, because he is part of the reason why we even ended up going to Farm Aid to begin with. So even we couldn't believe like, wow, we're actually going to Farm Aid and we were quite a bit giddy about that. So, you know, before we even talk about all of the experience of the day, like Andy, you know, who all performed there? Will you give us the list? Yeah, it was a pretty special lineup, quite honestly. It, uh, headlining was Willie Nelson and the family. Neil Young played, John Mellencamp, Dave Matthews, Bonnie Raitt, Nathaniel Raitliff. Uh, Tanya Tucker, uh, Lucas Nelson, The Promise of the Real. And like we said, there's a great story about Lucas Nelson in another episode. Mm -hmm. And uh, an act we really didn't know much about, Yola. Yeah. Uh, but quite honestly, she may have stole some of that show. I believe she did, yeah. So we're talking a complete list of all-stars, tons of Hall of Famers. And we were just like, I can't believe we're going to see this. Like, wow. Even for us. Yeah, and the Alpine Valley Amphitheater that we were at, it's actually in the shadow of the hill that uh, Steve Ray Vaughn died in a helicopter crash after a show there. Which we later kind of figured out, like, this was information you already knew, but I didn't. Um, I never even put that together while we were at the festival until the next day. I think maybe when I was doing research on the 
on the place and even maybe a little more eerie as well. Like at one point before we even walked down to our seats, we're up in the grass, up in the lawn. And I was like, oh, let's take a selfie. You know, we're here and took the shot. The next day, as I think when I was posting all this to Facebook or whatever, I noticed that right behind us where that was the hill that, you know, Stevie Ray crashed into. And yeah. that was so heavy just a day later. Like, wow, I can't I can't believe we were there. No, absolutely. Yeah. And again, uh, you know, some of our experiences that happen at shows aren't necessarily related to the artists themselves or the performance, but it's kind of like a whole day experience. I mean, getting there. Uh, you know, that can be a fun part of the day afterwards. Uh, yeah, it, it's just all part of it. And the fact that we're in the shadow of, you know, what I think is a pretty solemn place. Um, yeah, it was real. For an absolute hero to both of us. Like 100%. you got to see Stevie Ray. I never did. I was too young and I, I, I secretly hate you for that. Like, but it's a secret. So nobody knows. But yeah. Anyway, so let's get on and talk about the concert a little bit next. Yeah, I mean, we, we got in there and, you know, the Alpine Valley Amphitheater is sort of your typical shed, you know, a stage with a bit of a pit and then some seats going back under a roof and then there's a lawn. And, you know, we ended up sitting about 30 rows back under the roof is where we had seats. And, you know, quite honestly, the magic of that day. And again, we talked about you can't predict this, you can't plan this, but where we sat. There were a couple of good old boys sitting next to us drinking beer and we got to chatting with them. And uh, eventually, you know, he's like, hey, I got seats in the second row. He's like, oh, we're not going down there anytime soon. You, you want to go sit in our seats for a while? I'm like, absolutely, yes. we do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and the front row is just kind of right there. And the good old boy said, you know, if we show up, you guys are out. I'm like, we have a deal. Well, before we even get on to those parts, too, like, so, you know, 30 rows back, I think most people would probably be very happy with that. But we just kind of had that, you know, we t I remember just talking early in the show, like, we're getting down close eventually somehow. Like, we had that discussion, but we didn't know how. We're like, we're going to inch our way closer and get down there. You may be ordinary people, but <laughs> I, I had loftier goals. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I'm ordinary people, but yeah. <laughs> okay. And, and, you know, we stayed up at those seats for a while. We watched Yola, who, you know, Margo Price, who watched Jamie Johnson from up there. Yola, as you mentioned, maybe even kind of stole the complete show that day. You know, uh, I think it was like six months later, she ended up rolling through Seattle with uh, Brandy Carlisle open for her at the Neptune. Which is crazy. And we got home and we're like telling all of our friends, like, you have got my to come to this show. Fingers. Like, yeah, we saw this person kill it. So, uh, so yeah, continue on about we kind of got this little gift about moving down closer. Yeah. And so he said, hey, you want to go sit in those seats? Like you say, if we show up, you know, you guys got to move on. And they never showed up. They just mm -hmm. didn't. And, you know, the front row is just kind of there. And uh, again, it was probably about three, four acts in at least, maybe five that we went down to those seats. And then from there on, we didn't leave those seats. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not leaving here till that guy shows up and says, you know, hey, I told you I want to come down here, but he never came down. Yeah, we were like down second or third row or something and just off to the right, the right hand side. Yeah. And um you know, as the show went on, you know, the acts, quite honestly, just got better and better and better. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, Dave Matthews and Tim Reynolds, like, I, I, 
I'm not an enormous Dave Matthews fan, but seeing him with Tim Reynolds, the two of those was really special for sure. You know, that Tim Reynolds, that guy's an amazing player. Uh, we got to see, I mean, we got to see Bonnie Ray had play Angel of Montgomery. I mean, that alone is worth the price of the ticket to even get in. I mean, she's an absolute legend. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. sure she was still alive, quite honestly. She was definitely well and alive that day, <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, at least I think. I mean, maybe it was an imposter. I don't know. Um, maybe that's a thing. It's like the Hall of Presidents at Disney. It's like one of those animatronic things. It, 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 okay. Yeah, it might have been. <laughs> uh, oh, another another one to mention earlier that day when he did his own solo set was Lucas Nelson. Uh, he did play with his own band, and they did a really great set. And he uh, he brought Margot Price and Yola up with him to jam, and Nathaniel Ratliff and. Lucas was just kind of getting started for the day. You know, he played early, but that was definitely not the last that we saw him for the entire day. Yeah, I mean, we could have assumed he was going to go up, you know, with his dad. But, yeah. you know, we just didn't know that at the time. And, yeah. And for us, it was also just special to watch that because, you know, as you mentioned, like, we've got experience with him from shows years earlier and seeing, hanging out with him in a small club and then, I felt almost a little bit of a pride for him. Like, wow, like he's up there. Look at him up there, that enormous stage, able to do this thing. And like, you know, we, we hung with that dude when he was young. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. felt great. That was good times. And, sure. he, and he was killing it. So then, you know, nightfall starts to, to fall a little bit. Uh, like Andy said, uh, those guys that had those tickets and those seats never did come down. And we kind of did what we did. You know, there were security guards down there that didn't really want you getting closer. But it's like. Eh, an act would play. We'd move up one row. There was see space. See if anybody did anything. There was space. We weren't crowding anyone out. There was some space to the far right on the rail, you know. And we just kind of worked our way down there. And you know, the people there, we didn't steal anyone's spot. Yeah. And the guard basically just kind of left us go, and we just slowly kept inching ourselves closer and closer. Till the next thing you know, we're in the front row, off to the right hand side. So, you know, every time like one of the artists would come over to the right side, like I remember Mellencamp came over. Mm. I have a beautiful photo of him just, you know, 15 feet away because he just came right over to that side of the stage. And that's where we were. And yeah. It was just one of those where we just kept looking at each other and like we didn't even have to say the words like, I can't believe this. We would just look at each other and just laugh like our, yeah, here we are again doing this. Yeah. But and I, I'll also go back to. um so, of course, like the guys that we got those tickets from, yes, A, we had to start a conversation with them to even, you know, engage to be able to have that scenario. But I fully believe, just based on my experiences, that had the two of us not been there together, that scenario wouldn't have happened. Like if I would have been there with another friend, it wouldn't have happened. I probably would have stayed in the 30th row and it would have been OK. But yeah, if we were under the roof. It was a rainy day. So, yeah, absolutely. Probably would have sat there, made a little bit of leapfrogging, you know, I don't know, 10 rows closer up. But right. Second row on the rail. <laughs> For legends. <laughs> legends. Absolute legends. And uh, speaking of John Mellencat, like oh. I say, you know, uh, you know, I love his early stuff. Really do. And, you know, when he played Rain on the Scarecrow, which quite honestly sums up what Farm Aid is about, losing farms and families, you know, losing their uh, life work because of bank loans and shit like that. I lost it. I mean, yeah. I lost it. I mean, that's the one that stands out for me for Mellencamp. 
And especially because that was a festival about, you know, helping farmers and it just nailed the, the theme of it so much. Yeah. And it was the second time he and I have talked about it tonight, but I got goosebumps again talking about it. You that literally a, do as I'm watching. Yeah. yeah that was a special moment for me. Yeah, for sure. Mellencamp was, that performance was pretty special for me for a, a few different reasons. Uh, as mentioned before, I grew up in the Midwest. I grew up in Ohio and, you know, Mellencamp was from Indiana. So we always heard his music growing up. I mean, it was just always on every radio station. Everybody loved Mellencamp. It was kind of like the hometown boy, even though it was just one state over. It's small farmland kind of things. So a story that I've talked about a lot in the past with Andy that he's well aware of was, uh, I don't know, probably 15 years ago, something like that. I had been having a discussion with one of my friends from Ohio uh, from back in the day. And we were talking about like a new Mellencamp album that had come out. And I was like, oh, I, I've always wanted to see him. And my friend on the phone just kind of paused and he goes, you serious? I'm like, well, well, well yeah, I'd, I'd like to see Mellencamp. And he's like, you asshole, we saw Mellencamp together. But I was so blacked out drunk. Apparently this happened, uh, I don't know, 2001 or 2002. I think I have a ticket stub from it, but I got absolutely nothing, nothing from that. And a lot of other bad things happened at that festival, at that show that I'm not going to talk about on the air on here. But uh, that's just kind of an idea of like uh, type of a drinker that I was back in those days. And so fast forward, I mean, today, as we record this, I have over 18 years sober, but you know, when we were at Farm Aid, um, all those emotions just came rushing in. It's like, wow, I'm I'm like finally getting to see Mellencamp now and, and you know, someone I've wanted to see since I was a kid. And I and I thought about all the experiences that, you know, I don't have to forget this experience. I actually get to experience this and I'm not going to um I'm not gonna miss it this time. And I just started busting out in tears. Like it, it really hit me hard when we were watching Mellencamp from again the, the front row. And it, I appreciate that and I really do, and I'm proud of you for being sober that long. Yeah. Really. Well done. That's you put on some work. Yeah, thank you. And I and I remember you also like when I was crying for that, like you didn't need to ask if if any if everything was okay. You just knew. I just felt the tap on my shoulder, like you you just knew you know, just because of the story and everything. And I'm kind of choking up as we speak. Uh, so to continue on with this podcast, one of the moments though, that where, where that happened, where I was starting to choke up was uh, he was singing Jack and Diane. And when he did Jack and Diane that night, he played it solo acoustic. He walked out to the front of the stage. And again, we're just off to the stage. So it's off to the side. So it's almost like we're on the stage with him, looking out at 30,000 freaking people, and they're all singing that song back to him. And, oh, that was heavy. Just so heavy. And I, I just lost it. So, again, like, that, that's an experience that, like, I'll, I'll never forget that for the rest of my life. So let it rock. Let it roll. Let the bell come and Yeah, it really was. It was good. And 
you know, it, as it should. It just kind of got better after that. Yeah, I mean, and we weren't done. <laughs> no, we really weren't. No, seriously, it was a, you know, I cried, you cried, you know, yeah. during Mellencamp, set alone. And next up was Neil Young. Neil Young. <laughs> and at the time, Lucas Nelson, The Promise of the Real, were his backing band. Yeah. And we got some tales with Lucas, and then, shit, you add that with Neil Young? Yeah. Man. And Neil is Neil. He's just going to get after it. It's freaking fantastic. One thing, this just jumped in my mind. One thing I do remember was when Neil was getting set up, they brought down their own speakers for him that nobody else had the whole day, like for, for PA and all that, because Neil's particular. He wants his things exactly how he wants them. And they raised up and went right back to the ceiling as soon as he was done playing. But yeah, but. You know, so he, he did all the hits, all those kind of things. But, uh, you know, we got to see anytime you get to see Neil Young play Rockin' in the Free World, again, another living legend. I mean, that's just we're screaming at the top of our lungs. We know all the words. We're just belting them out. I mean, that's as happy and bliss as you could possibly get. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, if you can't lose yourself on that moment, really, what the hell are you doing here? Yeah. I mean, get off the goddamn Facebook. Yes. No, seriously, that, that's a joke between he and I, but, you know, get off your damn phone, be in the moment, do the thing. And we were all about it. I don't think we were on our phones at all, except we were taking a picture or two. Mm -mm. You know, and then the last bit was uh, Willie Nelson and family. And once again, you know, it, Lucas Nelson, it's Willie's kid, was up there. And apparently Willie has at least another son, was off to the side, picking on a guitar, couldn't sing worth the shit as far as I knew. <laughs> <laughs> I'm throwing it out there as I saw it. Particle Kids, what he goes by, but yeah. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, Willie's sister was still alive back then, so she was on piano, and it was just a whole big like family jam that was going on. And you know, uh, again, kind of played the hits, and we just couldn't believe we were there experiencing this. And if I recall properly, like all the other artists, freaking came out towards the end. Yeah, everybody piled out to the stage. Yeah, absolutely. Multiple microphones, and they're singing along with the songs and whatnot. Oh yeah. Neil Young comes out with an acoustic guitar that wasn't even plugged in. Not at all. And he's, just playing. <laughs> and he's in the back. Yeah. He sounded great. You know, he doesn't sound great to begin with, but he sounds on guitar. He does. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Sounded better vocally way back there with an acoustic guitar unplugged. Yeah. And you know, if you've never seen Willie Nelson, I mean, he's what 90 now going on 91. I mean, it, Take the time, go do it, pay the money. Like you're really, really running out of time. And and that's what we thought back then in 2019. Like this might have been the last chance, but he's still kicking it out there. So God bless Willie Nelson. Yeah. And then I think it was within a year uh, in movie theaters, they put out sort of the Farm Aid 2019 in a theater for like a one night only showing, you know, and we bought tickets, saw it here locally and, I'll be goddamned if that didn't affect me near as much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I also remember Willie, we were so close that you could actually see him uh, it kind of like he was struggling to breathe. You remember that? He was just like kind of like taking these deep breaths and it was just like, oh man, his, his health must be really, really bad. But, you know, he sang good. He sounded good. But what I'm always impressed by still at his age is just his guitar playing. You know, Willie doesn't, he doesn't, when artists are that old and still doing it, quite often they'll just be like the um, the rhythm guitar player and just kind of laying back a little bit. Willie plays his solos. You know, even at this age, like he's still doing it. I get it. One of the things I really like about Willie is, quite honestly, his guitar's out of tune intentionally. Oh, trigger. Listen to some of that live stuff, and it's like, hmm, that, that's what he's shooting for. You know, if that's what you're shooting for, nailed it. That yeah. was really good. Uh, it's only the second time I saw him, and again, the first time was here in Redmond down at uh, Marymount Park, but holy shit, I'll never forget the Alpine Valley show. Yeah. Especially because he just had all his family with him, and oof, what a day! Uh, I, I remember saying back then uh, that 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 back then that that had been the greatest festival experience I've ever had, and to this day I think that stands. Now I'm not saying it's the greatest show I've ever been to, or even series of shows or anything like that, but as far as an overall festival, like I can't think of a better festival experience that I've had. Um, but that's just my take. Yeah. And I've been, to, I've been to a lot of great festivals, but this is one I'll remember for the rest of my life. And I'm glad we're recording these details so we can really, you know, remember these little things later down the line. Yeah. Uh, you know, I can sum it up. I think for us together as the team and this, you know, those rules don't apply to us. Is like, we just add it to the list of awesome fucking shows we saw together. Yeah, really was. And again, had we not sex, sat next to those guys, this doesn't happen. Yeah. And it's just some sort of magic happens. It's just another one in the books. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, you know what, Andy? We need to talk about that uh, crazy place we went to the next day with Anthony, that the, the safe house in Milwaukee. Absolutely. We can't leave that out. I mean, he was like, you got to come to this place. It's this crazy, wacky bar that you won't forget yeah it's so for context this is a it's a hidden bar in a restaurant that's um kind of like behind a business front but it's i don't know kind of 007 style mafia on the inside but that's if you even make it to the inside so (laughs) not only mafia thing but it's quite honestly a little bit of a circus yeah. So to get into this place, there's an entrance through an alley that's basically just some random door. You wouldn't even you would never know it's to a venue or a restaurant or anything. And uh, before you even get in, there's like this doorkeeper and you have to he asks you for what, like the a, password. Yeah. He asks you for the secret password. He didn't know the password. Anthony did, but he wouldn't tell us. So he went right he went on right in. in. Yeah. So we didn't know the secret password. And if you don't know the secret password, then uh, you just have to. He randomly picks some ridiculous skit or song or dance that you have to do. And the fun part about that is if you're already in that bar, it's they broadcast our ridiculous skit or dance, whatever it is, to everyone <laughs> in the bar on TV screens. Yeah, because it's live video in it, but we don't know that. And when you're just like, I'm just trying to go into a place to eat. Like, what in the hell is happening? I want to follow him. Yeah. I I do believe ours was a dance. 
some sort of dance to some sort of song, which apparently the whole bar was laughing at us for. Because well, neither one of us can dance good at all. Obviously, so. we're a couple of white guys. Yeah, it was very white. Yeah. So it was god awful. But um, so, yeah, we didn't know it, but that's how we eventually got into the place. Um, as I mentioned before, you know, I had kind of like a mafia style, you know, all these, you know, uh, memorabilia agent, on the actually, inside. Secret agent kind of bar. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Secret agent kind of art. That's a good way to say it. I remember that there was a vibrating chair that's at the bar. <laughs> and, and, and there was a chair that went down. So we're, the three of us are sitting at the bar and all of a sudden my chair just starts sinking into the floor. Yeah. Uh, to the point where, quite honestly, the top of my head wasn't over the bar anymore. And you were sitting there, you're like, my chair is vibrating. <laughs> what? It's like I'm going down. And then there was one chair that, if you got in that one, the chair ended up going into an elevator that brought you down a level. Oh, yeah, down to the interrogation room. Yeah, I remember, like, a poor girl was like, ah, ah, she was there with her friends. She picked the wrong seat. Yeah, they take people down to, like, this interrogation room. And, again, that's all broadcast on video. And, you know, you think you're just there to have a meal, but these crazy things like this are happening. What else? Oh, I remember there was... So I don't remember what the drink is, but apparently if you order a specific drink, it'll kind of get shot through like this portal tube that's, you know, similar to the old style, um, you know, when you pull up to a bank and that tube would come through. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, this fluid runs all through the bar, all through the bar. And then it eventually comes down to, you know, the glass for the person, which was it was just cool and unique. It's like, who would have thought to do something like that? Not only were there secret rooms, there was a secret way to get out. You couldn't get out without knowing where to go and what to do. Yeah. So apparently that was at a, uh, you had to go through a phone booth just phone to even booth. get to that. And then press the right phone number and then a, to get down to a level. Yeah. And a so secret, get, wall, secret yeah. wall opens up to get you to there. And the secret wall opened up into what would just be a legitimate bar on another street. You know, yeah. and we give you walk in there and then you get to walk out that door. Yeah. Yeah. And that all led down to like this sketchy ass looking tunnel. And then eventually it just <laughs> spits you out to a different alley. And that's your experience. So, you know, maybe they should give us some uh, some money for promoing this. But go to the safe house in Milwaukee if you're ever there. It's it's a pretty dope. Well thing. worth the effort. Thank you, Anthony, for showing us an amazing thing with that. And, uh, 100%. And after that, I mean, he showed us around town to the, I'd say, Milwaukee's sort of Pike Place Market, you know, with vendors and food and T-shirts and knickknacks and all that stuff. And, yeah, and we got some swag to go home with. Yeah, and, absolutely. Oh, and if you're also, if you're ever just roaming around downtown Milwaukee, go see the Fonzarelli statue, you know. Get your photo of that. I don't know why I threw that in there, but. We're keeping it. Fair enough. Yeah. And that's the podcast. <laughs> that was so white. We've been biding our time looking for a 